0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jesse. Hey, Jesse. You left me hanging there for a second. I thought maybe I lost
1: you. Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're there. I'm here. All right. Well, good.
1: Hey, I've got, uh, so you've been doing a, a play? What yes, play doing you a doing? play.
0: Um, directing Little Women, uh community theater production. Um, opening night was Friday, and we ran last night as well, which was Saturday. Um, went really well.
1: I didn't know I didn't know that was a play. I, I know it's a book.
0: Yeah, it's a book. It's yeah, a The book. book was written in 1868 or so um, by Louisa May Alcott. They made Alcott. a movie out of it, too, yep, I guess. Yep, they did. Uh, I bet you more than one, I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably, but yeah. there's uh in on the stage there's a musical version and there's several prose versions, you know, non-musical versions. And Which um, was yours? Um we're doing one um I forgot who wrote it. I don't have the script handy, but um it's actually all female cast. So the men in the story are referred to, but you never see them. And uh no uh music. Okay. So yeah, the the community theater we have, uh, we do a uh, play every Mother's Day weekend is one of the traditions that we have. And last year, I directed as well, and I directed Pride and Prejudice last year. And this year, That's I wanted right. to do something called Charlie's Aunt, which is a, a very funny play, also old. <clears throat> but um, the people that I had try out, I had I needed something like. Uh, seven men and two women for that play and what i in tryouts we had eight women and one guy and then um i went ahead and tried to cast it you know asking people hey you know would you consider being in this but after about a week of that i said oh forget it i'll just change the play so uh, we talked about it as a cast and said hey what about little women and they they were excited about that and it turned out really well So that's what we ended up doing. You could do
1: people in drag, I suppose, but (laughs) it's probably yeah. Hello, hello.
0: Well, our next, our next big one, (laughs) our next big one is uh, 1776, which we're going to do over the Fourth of July weekend, and that's a musical, and we need 20 men for that. And yeah, I'm going to be in playing John John Hancock, right. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not much really
1: of a short shift Disney because every only thing anyone knows about him is that he he's got a giant signature. That's the only thing anybody knows right. about John Hancock.
0: <laughs> yeah, and last uh, at
1: least that's the only thing I know about John Hancock. <laughs> what, what, what what else is going on in John Hancock? I'm, I'm afraid
0: world? I don't know Besides, yet. But I did go get some material from the library so I could uh, learn at least a little bit about him. So I thought it'd be kind of okay. cool since uh, this is the first time I've ever played. Uh, historical figure that I recall, anyway. So it's going to be kind of neat to look into his life and see what what's up. Although, yeah, this is a kind of a musical comedy of a show, you know. So um, it's not like a really tight <laughs> historical uh, biography. There's uh, anyway. about
1: revolutions and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But it's all it's all about um, the uh, Declaration of Independence. So, it's the Congress is who who's there. That's why you need 20 guys, because everybody's a congressman. And they're all trying to decide whether or not to declare independence. And, you know, George Washington is not in it, but uh, there are letters from him that are read as dispatches to Congress. This is what's going on out in the field, says George Washington. And everybody's like, oh, well, we better blah, 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 blah. So, there's a lot of talking, you know. And then the, the songs are about, uh, you know, John Adams and... um Thomas Jefferson and uh things like that. So
1: I think there was a movie 1776. That wasn't a musical, was there? Well, there or is, is a
0: there is a musical version out there on DVD. Um but I I'm sure that well, I guess I'm not positive, but 1776 is the title of a book by David McCullough. Um Yeah. Yeah, and that's not it. You know, that was written long after this musical was written. So okay. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't doubt that there's a movie out there called 1776 that's not this one, but the the musical stage version is the one that we're doing. So in, in non-theatrical news... Mm-hmm. In non-theatrical news, I have audiobooks here. Hey! Which, which is very exciting. I like those. Hey, awesome. All right. Well, I got a bunch of stuff uh, over the last couple of weeks from Penguin Audio. Um, Penguin. Penguin, yes. Um, this is one that I've heard a little bit about... Um, So let's take a look at it. It's called Across the Universe by Beth Rebus, read by Lauren Ambrose and Carlos Santos. What does it take to survive aboard a starship or spaceship fueled by lies is this little tagline on the front. It says Amy is a cryogenically frozen passenger aboard the spaceship Godspeed. She has left her family, friends, and planet behind to join her parents as a member of Project ARC ship. Amy and her parents believe that they will wake on a new planet, Centauri Earth, 300 years in the future, but 50 years before Godspeed's scheduled scheduled landing, cryo-chamber 42 is mysteriously unplugged, and Amy is violently woken from her frozen slumber. Someone tried to murder her. Now Amy is caught inside a tiny world where nothing makes sense. Godspeed's 2,312 passengers have forfeited all control to Eldest, a tyrannical and frightening leader. An elder, eldest is, uh, that's what it says, eldest is, <laughs> rebellious teenager is both fascinated with Amy and eager to discover whether he has what it takes to lead. There you that's go. That's
1: Revis. I, I'm not yeah. familiar with her. I'm writing. Not either.
0: Yeah, not either.
1: Let's Sounds see. like uh, science fiction.
0: Yeah. Yep. Haha. <laughs> It says, Beth Revis lives in rural North Carolina with her husband and dog and believes space is nowhere near the final frontier. Interesting. Uh, She has a blog at www.bethrevis.com. This is her first novel, it says.
1: Well, what can that mean? I don't know. Earth is nowhere (laughs) near the final frontier.
0: I I don't know. Is she saying it? uh, Is it, you know, it's got like a Star Trek reference. Is she saying it's not Star Trek? Or is I, she saying uh, we don't know everything?
1: I don't know. Yeah, um, I think I think the original Star Trek reference is from Hamlet, isn't it? Uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And in that case, it's like the death. Death, death is the final, is final
0: frontier,
2: final right?
1: Frontier. Yeah, as opposed to space being the final frontier. Hmm. Um, uh, maybe she believes that the universe is infinite, and therefore it has no frontier. <laughs> Possibly, <have> no idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got me on that one. I don't know. I, don't I know. do not know. All right. Okay. Okay. Shall we move on? Let's. Let's do. Okay. Um, a dis- also from Penguin, A Discovery of Witches, a novel by Deborah Harkness, read by Jennifer Akeda. Um Deep in the heart of Oxford's Bod- Bodleian Library. Is that right? Scholar Diana Bishop re- requests a man- manuscript called Ashmole 782 in the course of her research. Coming from an old and distinguished lineage of witches, Diana senses that the ancient book might be bound up with magic. But images, let's see, but she herself wants nothing to do with sorcery. And after making a few notes on its curious images, she banishes it quickly back to the stacks. But what she doesn't know is that the old alchem- alchemical text Has been lost for centuries, and its sudden appearance has set a fantastical upon the Bodleian's reading rooms. One of the creatures is Matthew Claremont, an enigmatic and eminent geneticist, practitioner of yoga, and wine connoisseur, and also a vampire with a keen interest in (laughs) Ashmole's seven eighty-two. Why the vampire? It was kind of interesting until they hit that.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was piling it on, piling it on. It's a, he loves yoga and he's a vampire. That uh, sounds like a comedy. That's
0: right. It, 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 it does come off that way, doesn't it? Um, um, it, says here that, it says here that the author is a professor of history at the University of Southern California. Her most recent scholarly work is The Jewel House, Elizabethan London and the Scientific Revolution. She also writes award, an award-winning wine blog.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's the wine connoisseur coming in.
0: Yeah, I should, I should you know, it, it gets a little more interesting here. Uh, it says, Equal parts history and magic, romance and suspense, a discovery of witches travels from the cobbled streets of Oxford to the chateaus and mountains of the Au, AUVERGNE <laughs> to a small town in upstate New York. It uh, takes us into rich fifteen hundred year history that spans Clovis and the Crusades, the Knights Templar, and the American Revolution. So, looks like there's a lot of stuff in here.
1: Some sort of fantasy of some kind. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Amazon's got it listed as a romance. Okay. Um, hmm. Uh, here's it's, here's it's, it's
0: big too. Twenty CDs.
1: Oh yeah, that is big. It's um the only only thing I can think of that might be interesting is it's called the discovery of witches and you know you don't normally think of uh you think of a coven of witches right mm-hmm. but i was uh i think it was a podcast i was listening to not that long ago talking about the multiple meanings of the word discovery so when we think of discovery we think of somebody seeing something for the first time
2: mm-hmm. right yeah
1: and in that sense we would have um we would have uh, witches being discovered, but if you're looking at an old manuscript, clearly you're not finding it for the first time. You're finding something else that someone else has already found. So one of the criticisms of using the word discovery in the discovery of America <laughs> is that you you go to this land and find that it's full of people, and you've discovered them
0: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> they can't possibly have discovered themselves, right? Right. Um. Well, that's the one meaning of discovery. The other meaning of discovery, which actually makes, makes um, uh, Christopher Columbus actually a discoverer, is that it's in the same old-fashioned use that you use in a courtroom. So you go through the discovery process, which is not that nobody knows it, but making widely known, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like you have a painting, right? and it's covered, and you're going to show it to people. You uncover the painting by taking mm-hmm. off the the wrappings. Um, that assumes that it was covered, right?
2: Mm-hmm. right?
1: If you uncover it. But if it's just not widely known, you are discovering it. And you're making it widely known. And it's true that there were Europeans in North America before Christopher Columbus. But Christopher Columbus made north america widely known
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: or the america's widely known anyways
0: yeah
2: yeah right Mm -hmm.
1: and and that makes all that makes a lot more sense and also uh you know doesn't doesn't make uh liars of history teachers when they talk about christopher columbus's discovery of america right because Mm -hmm. yeah all those uh vikings had been there and all those indians had been there and so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe there's the maybe there's that meaning of discovery in in the title.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah.
1: Only Very only likely. thing I'm I'm worried about now is it looks like it's a series. It says uh, All Souls Trilogy is, is ah. for this book. So yeah, twenty twenty CDs and and it's a trilogy. We're looking at a, about sixty CDs worth of <laughs> listening to get the story done. And I don't think I'm ready yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm listening to um, just about finished the first uh, Robert J Sawyer Wake. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot; it's been a long time since I've listened to a Robert Sawyer book. And it's it's as all his books are that it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It's tempting to get on to the next book in the series, but I don't I don't know if I'm up for it. Even though it's only a ten CD book.
0: Hmm. Got gotcha. Well, so, why, why not?
1: Well, just I might be satisfied enough with with the first book and mm-hmm. and uh, I just you know it's such a challenge to <clears throat> to do you know a, a trilogy worth of stuff if you're mining the same ideas
0: right, yeah I don't know Hmm.
1: so yeah, yeah, that's an I,
0: interesting I, perspective, so it is kind of a harder thing to do on an in an ideas book. I think to write so. a trilogy, it's much much more natural to write a standalone if you're exploring an idea.
1: I think, and so. and the idea
0: he's exploring there is a consciousness on the internet.
1: Yeah, would you say, and, and yeah, I I'm 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 very impressed. You know, I I forgot how much I like Robert Sawyer's. Um, he is a science writer. He's writing about science, and he's very clever in in his. And his putting together of of a whole bunch of different aspects of one idea and then letting the plot form itself out of that rather than you know I'm going to build a world and then then I'll make a plot to fit it. Mm-hmm. He really fits the 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 plot to the to the ideas rather than the ideas to the plot right. and mm. I think that might be the best <clears throat> of discovering whether ah whether I'm interested in a book or not is. Whether it's an exploration of ideas versus um, uh, a plot with some ideas thrown in to like adorn the object,
2: mm-hmm. yep.
1: Mm, not mixed metaphor, but right. you get the idea.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep,
1: got it. I'm very impressed with the with uh, wake. Okay, Just, he's he's really clever. And you mm. know what? Uh, you haven't read it.
0: No, um, I haven't finished it. No. Okay. I started to listen to it, um, and then Seth reviewed it, and then I moved on. But not oh, because I, not because I didn't like it, because uh, um, it it had already been reviewed. So I listened to something else. But I just never did get back to it. But I was int- intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So well, I've got it here now. I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess I'll leave a comment or something because I, I I am quite enjoying it. I didn't know Seth reviewed it for us already. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I maybe I'll have to listen to the second one just so I can review the second
0: one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good.
1: All right. Um, now, this one is in. This
0: is not um, from Penguin. Oh. But I, I forgot to talk about this one when it came in. This is called Spirit Blade. It's an audio I, drama. Um, let's see. I don't know if you'd call it a Christian audio drama.
1: Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. Okay. <laughs>
0: Let's see. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to read. The f- font is really small. Let's see. In a future where the government mandates the spiritual beliefs of the citizens, only a few... I'm sorry. This <laughs> I've got to get to a light because the, the font is in uh, light blue on a blue background. There we go. Okay. I guess I'm getting old. Okay, in a future where the government mandates the spiritual beliefs of its citizens, only a few rebellious seekers of the truth remain to free the world from, the, from deception. On his quest for meaning, Merrick follows a path that leads him across our world and into another. Against his will, he is thrown into action alongside members of the Underground Liberation, uh, standing face-to-face against forces human, alien, and demonic. Science fiction and the supernatural collide in the genre-bending adventure. Open your mind and then brace for impact uh, as you discover the power of the Spirit Blade. That's it. It's a full-cast audio drama that uses cinematic sound design, electronic music, and dynamic performance to unleash an action-packed experience for your ears and imagination. So, that's is that, that in
1: a blue-covered a blue ca- uh, uh-huh. blue case with a big sword on the cover? Yeah. yeah. Okay, there's uh, Excuse me. Uh, a review at comicbookjesus.com.
0: Oh, Comic Book Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds Voice good. Voice
1: acting and sound effects are great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the pace and scale and intensity of the story ramps up considerably. For a long story, it's always easy to follow the creation of the world just by dialogue. It's convincing. Okay. You can find heaps of freebies about this unique product production here, such as the previews and interviews. Um, you know, Julie reviewed um, another production by this same group. I think. Oh, did she really? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Um, mm-hmm. It was called Pilgrim's Progress.
0: Oh. Uh huh.
1: Um, and uh, it was from two thousand nine. Oh, okay. And she she really liked it. I think.
0: Good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to give this a listen. I sure will. Yep. Okay. Um, now I have a, a group of four YA books, um, two of them from Blackstone and uh, two of them, well, you know what? I guess, am I positive that these other two are YA? I think that they are. We'll, we'll look at them in a second. Um, from Penguin, first of all, we have one called An Accidental Adventure. We Are <laughs> Not Eaten by Yaks by C. Alexander London. Um, looks pretty cool. Um, it says, "Dear reader, I promise you that this book will be the adventure of a lifetime. Together, we shall climb high into the Himalayas and deep into ancient gorges. We will meet strange creatures and discover hidden temples. We'll even ride a yak." I should warn you that Oliver and Celia Naval, our heroes in these adventures, are not nearly as excited as I am. In <laughs> fact, they are not excited at all. I am sure they would rather have left out the, the story. They would rather have been left out of the story altogether. They are two of the laziest children you may ever meet, and they, n- they want nothing to do with adventures of any kind. They would rather just watch television. Unfortunately for them, they live at the Explorers Club with their parents, who are world-famous explorers and celebrated daredevils. Although the twins would rather spend the summer on the couch, their mother has gone missing, their father craves excitement, and they are doomed to miss all their favorite shows. I do, I'll do my best to record their unwitting exploits in these pages and that's that it's well, got a
1: great cover yeah very it's, neat uh,
0: cover I love the cover
1: tigers and uh, and mountain climbing mm-hmm. is that a balloon are they in a balloon Or uh, it that? looks
0: like yeah some kind of a a raft with a parachute or something that's got stuck on a rock yeah. that's what it looks like to me
1: how, how many CDs is that
0: uh, it's six hmm yeah I yeah. am intrigued okay
1: we'll see get that out up to Alexander you. London hmm. yeah Read by Vance Barber. I've not heard of this. Looks like it's a it's a, an e-book, mostly. Mm-hmm. There is a hardcover there. So I guess it's not... Uh, well, well, maybe maybe e-book is becoming more standard.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. It looks interesting.
0: Did, did I talk to you about Stormbreaker by um, Horowitz? Is his name Alexander?
1: Yeah, Alexander uh, Horowitz. I've, I've read... A lot of my students have read Stormbreaker. I, okay. I don't... Re- recall it very well. It's a YA.
0: Yeah, I listened to uh, a YA book um, mm-hmm. for with the youth group. In fact, I got oh, to right, get, right, right, yeah. get that podcast out. Uh, we did record a podcast, very short one. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I liked it very much. It was like a little James Bond story. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, James Bond style YA. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um,
0: and a really good audio book. I, I listened to it on audio.
1: Huh. yeah. I guess yeah, I could
0: that review that. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, I ought
1: to. Um, I'm looking at the uh, Goodreads for "We Are Not Eaten by Yaks: An Accidental mm-hmm. Adventure," and it's got uh, 41 ratings, 3.73 stars, 22 reviews.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not bad.
1: Yeah, for it says uh, for nine to eleven age kids is kids nine to eleven. Very specific, you know. Yeah, that's, that's
0: interesting yeah group
1: no. yeah so if you're 12 it's too old <laughs> you'll That's be past right. it maybe but
0: uh, at 43 I'm allowed to read it perhaps perhaps <laughs> <laughs> all right now next I've got uh, Ranger's Apprentice um, there's a bunch of these books out yeah
1: we've got a couple of those prior right yeah
0: we sure have and this one's called the final and those
1: are bo- YA's well yeah for yeah, sure yeah these
0: are definitely YA Uh This one's called The Final Battle. The other two are the ones I'm not sure of. Um, This is Book 10, um, The Emperor of Nihon-ja, read by John Keating. John Flanagan is the author. It says, In his brief time, as an Arulian warrior, Horus has traveled the known world and fought countless bloody battles, all for his country, his king, and his friends, for all that is right. When Horus travels to the exotic land of Nihon-ja to study the Senshi fighting technique, it isn't long before he finds himself pulled into a battle that's not his, but once he knows in his heart he must wage. No, not once, but one he knows in his heart he must wage. The Nihon-ja emperor, a defender of the common man, has been forcibly dethroned, and only Horus, Will, and their Aurelian friends, along with a group of untrained woodcutters and farmers, can restore the emperor to the throne. So,
1: yep. There's a Rangers Apprentice wiki.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, there's mm-hmm. so many books. It would, I guess it yeah. shouldn't surprise me.
1: It's probably been created by the author to keep track of all the all yeah. the things that have, uh, have happened. But um, yeah, hmm. that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: I haven't read any of those. I know uh, some of the kids in that youth Australian. group. Author is Australian
2: okay yeah,
1: i see them for sale you know in the in the bookstore and and um i have i really don't know uh it says it, yeah it came out november twenty ten in new zealand and april twenty eleven in the u s so mm-hmm. this is this is um probably a huh okay Inspiration for this series comes from many sources, including family, friends, and European times. Rangers are based on two groups of people, the Texas Rangers and the U.S. Army Rangers. Hmm. And the Rangers are based on British commandos. Flanagan felt it would be better to use Rangers because of the medieval setting of the book. Yeah, well, uh, when I think of Rangers in medieval settings, I think of uh, Lord of the Rings and uh, Strider. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Aragorn. Yep,
0: yeah, for certain. Hmm. Alright. Now these other two are from Blackstone. And if these these would be for uh older teens, I'm guessing. Okay. Um there's one called Sweep the Coven by Kate Tiernan, read by Julia Wheelan. And um I know we've if we haven't talked about this specific one, we've talked about one of the series before. Uh, Morgan is not who she thought she was. She is n- not a regular 16-year-old girl. She is a witch. A real ancestral witch. Her parents are not her biological parents, and she and her sister share no blood. Even in the coven, she is too powerful now, too different to belong. She is alone except for Cal, who is now her boyfriend. Cal tells her he loves her, and she needs to believe him. He helps Morgan accept the truth. Wicca is in her blood.
1: And that's mm. that. It's, um, what, what's that one called?
0: It's called Sweep, okay. and then the subtitle is The Coven. So I'm guessing it's part of a series?
1: Yeah, there's a, it's the Sweep series.
2: Okay.
1: Sweep oh. series book one, sweep series book two. Uh, but I can't see the cov- the titles on the, oh, there it is. Book two is The Coven.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Uh, Blood Witch is, is book three, and I guess the first one is... Just sweep.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Oh, no, Book of Shadows, I'm sorry.
0: Sweep, Book of Shadows, okay. Yeah, yeah gotcha. that makes sense.
1: All right. Um, and then the, uh, the other the, one... Oops, all coming oops. out at the same time, interesting.
0: Yeah. And the other one is uh, by Robert Lipperulo, and I know we've talked about one in this series before. Uh, the title is Frenzy, Dreamhouse Kings Book 6. When you live in a house, it's really a gateway between past and present. You have to be ready for anything. It's a painful fact that kings have faced since moving to Pinedale eight days ago. Desperately trying to rescue their mother from an unknown time and place, brothers Xander and David had lunged headlong into the chaos of history's greatest and most volatile events. But their goal has continually escaped their grasp. So, six books of trying to find their mom, I guess.
1: The Dream House Kings series, right?
0: Yep, Dream House Kings. So, again, I think that's probably for older kids than the previous two we looked at.
1: Could be. Um, just trying to find a. Uh, okay, so it says this started in two thousand eight. It's up to Frenzy. Is that the newest uh-huh. one?
0: Yep, Frenzy okay. is the name of this one.
1: Right. Okay, so that's uh, the sixth book in a six uh, seven book series. Oh. People are already searching for the seventh book in the series, young adult mm-hmm. series, um, and there's a plug. That makes sense. Cool.
0: Okay, um, what I have here, the rest of the books that I have here in hard copy are probably fall under our oral noir mm-hmm. um, category. Should we? There's a couple of titles I'd like to talk about that are new on Audible. Okay. Should we talk about those first and stay with the science fiction fantasy and then move into there, or would you like to continue with no, the other topics? Do,
1: let's do new uh, recent rivals first and then switch to Okay, uh, so we'll go. So we'll
0: switch gears a little bit into uh, kind of the mystery oral noir uh, genre. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one from uh, Penguin Silent Mercy by Linda Fairstein, read by Ro- Barbara Rosenblatt. Um, In the middle of the night, prosecutor Alexandra Cooper is called to Harlem's Mount Nebo Baptist Church, a beautiful house of worship originally built as a synagogue. But the crowd gathered there isn't interested in architecture or even prayer. They've come for the same reason Alex has, to find out why the body of a young woman has been decapitated, set on the fire, and left burning on the church steps. The only identifiable The only identifiable artifact on the charred remains is the imprint of a Star of David necklace seared into the victim's flesh. Alex wonders if the fire was meant to destroy this woman's body or to draw attention to it. Her fears are confronted days later when a second corpse is found at at a cathedral in Little Italy. The killings look like serial hate crimes, but... The apparent differences in the victim's beliefs seem to eliminate a religious motive, and I'll stop there. It goes on a little bit, but
1: yeah, that's it they tend they tend to um mm-hmm. uh you know, I was just thinking this is uh, i th- believe this is a series, right um
0: well, I mean so many of them are they they're a series in right. that uh, they create their their main character, and then they and just then they keep just... keep moving with that person, yeah
1: exactly. But the, I think uh, the difference is it doesn't quite matter as much with a, the with a mystery series, because they always wrap the mystery series up, uh, or the mystery up, in that mm-hmm. particular book.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So, you know, if you've got a repeat character, it's not the same thing as having the story unfinished.
0: Yeah, and I I know that some of the books, I'm guessing that most of them do, but again, that's just a guess. But um, like my wife reads uh, Sue Grafton. She likes Mm -hmm. all those Sue Grafton A's for alibi, etc. Right. And in that book, Kinsey Milhone actually grows and changes throughout the book. She's not the same person in the latest book as she was in the first one. I mean, things happen to her and those things carry on. Yeah. So it is a series in that there's kind of an overall arc of this person's life in the Sue Grafton ones, anyway. But it's not like you know the Star Trek novels um, used to be that you know a Star Trek novel it would have to end with everybody a okay and just like they were at the beginning. There could be yeah. no significant changes so that the next book would make sense.
1: You know that tended to be the the case with the show as well, though. Uh huh. Well, know, true. Yeah. Picard would until, get until uh, until well. You know, yeah. His mind ripped apart and live a thousand years on a planet. Right. And then the next episode, he'd be, oh, I feel a little <laughs> tired of that. You know, yeah. he be back in the swing of things. Maybe that's after true.
0: That. I, I think that they kind of uh, played with that idea a little bit. You know, remember when he got uh, taken by the Borg? Oh, yeah. That is something that he carried with him a little bit throughout, ever since then, you know. But then Deep Space Nine had an arc.
1: Yes. I yep. think that's, uh, in a... Uh, very real sense, um, I think Deep Space Nine is the best series mm-hmm. um, of the Star Trek series just because yeah. it is very much about uh overarching plots and character development and and they also throw in a few ideas here and there right. uh, whereas the original Star Trek is really an ideas show
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and the um the uh, Star Trek Next Generation is an ideas show i don 't know what Voyager is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't um, know what Voyager is either, and, and a, Enterprise a, as well.
1: There was a uh, SF Signal post, uh, What I think it was something like, uh, what, what should I watch on Netflix now?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Which, which, which series should I watch on Netflix? And it asks you a series of questions, and depending on how you answer, um, it gives you you know your if you say yes or no to mm-hmm. whatever it is it gives you your next selection
0: Oh really oh that's cool
1: Yeah it's um, it's it's pretty it's cute I'm not sure how how good it is because the questions have to be matched right
2: uh-huh.
1: right uh yep. to the series so if you like um fantasy um you get these choices you like science fiction you get these choices right or mm-hmm. these choices and uh when it got up to the Star Trek section um it it said, uh, "Oh, what what are you taking in university?" I think it was, uh-huh. and if it was uh, anthropology. Then you get regular Star Trek, um, and then if you chose uh, femi- uh, you know, women's studies or something, you got Voyager. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> just because
1: the captain's female, I don't think that's what. I don't think it's a exploration of feminism. I mean, <laughs> it's like three decades late.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what was going on there. What What about Enterprise? I only watched a few. No, nah, select-
0: I mean, I wanted to like Enterprise so much, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it it's very Voyager like in in that um, you know they, they attempted some arcing stories, but nothing really captured. Uh, the imagination or anything. So I was really hit and miss with it. You know, I wanted to like it. So I'd always watch a couple episodes and then say, well, it hasn't changed. And then I'd wait and then I'd watch a couple more, but I haven't by any means seen all of them. Okay. But it, it it reminded me of Voyager in the way that they were telling their stories. I Um, gotcha. Yep. Okay. So next up, um, also from Penguin night vision by Randy Wayne white. Read by George Guidall. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Doc Ford is on a collision course with death in the extraordinary new novel from the New York Times bestselling author. A lot is going on in Red Citrus Trailer Park, known locally as Little Guadalajara, and inhabited principally by illegal laborers. The park manager and his kinky girlfriend are bodybuilder narcissists with some pretty unsavory sidelines. But they figure that selling the park to developers would be a faster way to riches, and so they're prepared to do whatever it takes to drive the residents out. The complicating factor is a Guatemalan girl who the laborers believe talks to God, and who, like her patron saint Joan of Arc, wants to lead her people to freedom. The manager can't decide if she's value or a liability, but when the girl witnesses him dump the corpse of a dead prostitute into a lake, there's one thing that he knows for certain: he's got to find her fast and shut her up permanently. And That's that. So
1: uh, Doc Ford is the name of this series, I think. Okay. Um, is uh, Doc Ford is a marine biologist?
0: Oh, interesting.
1: He has a mystic hip- hipster sailor. Al. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um, this picture on the on the um, Randy Wayne White website. There's pictures of Randy Wayne White. Stepping out of the ocean mm-hmm. so uh, it's interesting yeah. um, but more interesting <coughs> is the extremely negative reviews on on amazon huh. um, i i don 't think i've ever seen uh you know a mainstream book with this kind of negative reviews there's thirty nine reviews mm-hmm. and it 's got two stars oh wow, which is uh, incredibly low um, the lots of one star reviews there's twenty two one star reviews. Uh five five star reviews, no four star oh one four star review. Um just find uh let's see what it says. Okay, second most helpful one. Repetitive and poorly written. The quality of the Doc Ford series has gone steadily downhill. I love the earlier books like Sanibel Flats, and I truly love Sanibel itself. But White is totally out of gas on this one. I predict readers won't so be so fast to automatically buy the next book in the series. The formula just doesn't work anymore. That is scathing. Hmm. Then this one. Lots of bullshit interrupted (laughs) by some good storylines. I was really disappointed with this RWW book. Doc Ford's novels I have found to be enjoyable and read with good storylines. Not this one, with the exception of The Man Who Invented Florida. This was the worst novel. It was full of BS and the short... And short on storyline. There were some really good parts, but in total, a dude that I don't understand that sense. <laughs> <laughs> While well, he spent all the time in Cartagena and Colombia and Havana, Cuba, writing the early chapters, he must have been concentrating on something other than a great Doc Ford book. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, that that is interesting. That wow, we don't usually get a lot of really negative review books. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn, turning 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 into audiobooks. That's yeah, one of the I think, things I, mean, I loved about audiobooks is they, mm-hmm. you know, you only get the, the cream of the crop, really. Right, right. right. Of the of the regular paper books.
0: Yeah, uh, it's probably changing.
1: We may have turned a corner there, where yeah. everything's getting turned into an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Or at least a good chunk of everything.
0: Right, right. Maybe
1: a good chunk of fiction. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you bet, and that's nine CDs long. And the previous one was nine CDs long, too. And then um, the next three, um, I, they're unabridged, but they're seven CDs long. Um, the first one's by Walter Mosley. It's oh, yeah. called When the Thrill is Gone, a Leonid McGill Mystery, read by Marin Willis. Um, the economy has hit the private investigator business hard, even for Leonid McGill. Lately, he's been getting job offers only from criminals he's worked so hard to leave behind. Meanwhile, his personal life grows ever more complicated. His favorite stepson, Twill, has dropped out of school for the mysteriously lucrative pursuits. His best friend, Gordo, has been diagnosed with cancer and is living on his couch. His wife has taken a new lover and seems to be endangering the McGill family. And his girlfriend, Ara, is back in his life but intent on some serious conversations. So how can McGill say no to a beautiful young woman who walks in his office with a stack of cash? She's an artist, she says, who has escaped from a poverty via a marriage to rich art collector who keeps her on a stipend. But she tells McGill that she fears for her life and that she needs his help to make sure she doesn't meet the fate of her husband's first two wives. And now, that's that.
1: um, I have actually read some Walter Mosley. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of, I think, a couple of his uh, his crime books, and he's a science fiction writer too. Oh,
2: okay, um,
1: which is interesting because um, there's not a huge crossover between. I think, um, I think there's a f- couple of people who write science fiction and uh, mystery. Um, he's written a couple. One one. A novel is called Blue Light. I think I I think I read that one. Just trying to remember what it was about. It's totally, I'm totally forgetting what it was about. Hmm. Um, it was a long time ago. And he did a collection as well. Um, oh, there's a review on SF Signal. A uh, five-star review. Wow. An excellent, well-told page-turning fantasy horror hybrid. Mysterious blue light origin. Oh, that's right. Originating from space, endows several people with special abilities. Yeah, that was actually interesting. Hmm. John Donardo did that review. Oh, cool. Um, and then the, the, the Future Land, I think, was the other one in the series, or not series. The other um, the other one I read, and that is a collection of short stories. And that, I think, had at least a couple of ones that really, yeah, did tweak me a little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, sort of more more uh, fantastic than science fiction, I think. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I, I, I don't remember uh, what crime books I've read of his, but this one's getting very positive reviews. It's got uh, four and a half stars so far.
0: Oh, well, good. Okay. Amazon. All right. And then um, next I have a pair of books from Stuart Woods. They're both uh, Stone Barrington novels. Um, It looks like kind of a posh L.A. type. uh, Yeah, in the Bel Air District of Los Angeles, one of America's wealthiest and most star-infested communities, Stone Barrington comes face-to-face with his past. So amongst the rich in L.A. are these stories are told, both of them. Um, The first one's called Bel Air Dead. Mm Mm-hmm and the second one's called Strategic Moves. Um, both of them are well, one 6 CDs and one 7 CDs, so relatively short.
1: Strategic both read by Tony Roberts. Is, strategic Moves is book 19 in the Stone Barrington series, and Bell, uh, Bel Air Dead is tw- book 20. Wow. Um, I don't think I have read Stuart Woods, although I have one in my To Be Listen file. I mm-hmm. think they sent us a... Uh, an abridged and an unabridged version of one of his books?
0: Oh, mm-hmm. A while ago? Could have been, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, are it, those abridged? Nope, these are, those, are both uh,
0: unabridged. Okay. Just shorter than, than the average, yeah. Interesting. Okay.
1: That, that series has been going since
0: 1991. Wow. Yeah, nice. Uh,
1: which is uh, a book a year. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Son of Stone is the next one coming uh, for 2011,
0: Son of and Stone. <laughs> that's
1: a book a year for yeah. twenty years. Wow, there there are, have been breaks, so I guess he's been writing faster some years than others.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: let's see it that's a that's that's just one of his series. Stuart Woods must be a a writing machine. <laughs> so he's got he's got Will Lee novels, Stone Barrington novels, Holly Barker novels, Ed Eagle novels, Rich uh, sorry Rick Barron novels, then. There's a standalone section, which consists (laughs) of about six books or seven books. And then he's got two nonfiction books. Wow. That's a a pretty productive dude.
0: It is. You bet. Well, nice. Okay. Interesting. Hey, this one caught my eye because it's read by Richard Ferrone. Yeah. I I remember. Yeah, I do too. I, I have from Red Mars. I remember Red Mars. I think Tama was listening to Red Mars, but I don't know if he finished it. Yeah, um, he's, But um, I, I liked it.
1: He's, I think he got bogged down in the Martian sand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Um, it's by John Sandford. It's called Buried Prey. Um, nine CDs long. Um, New York Times book review called John Sanford Storm Prey a beautiful thing to behold. But what Davenport is looking at now is not beautiful at all. So this one's called Buried Prey. An entire block on the edge of the Minneapolis Loop is being torn down for development when an unpleasant surprise is unearthed. The bodies of two girls wrapped in plastic underneath an old house. It looks like they've been down there a long time. Lucas Davenport knows exactly how long. In 1985, Davenport was a young cop just about to be promoted out of uniform, despite a reputation for playing fast and loose with regulations. A local hockey hero a womanizer, a superb undercover guy. He was part of the massive police effort that followed the kidnapping of two girls who were never found again, dead or alive. Eventually, the case was closed. But not for Davenport. When now with the bodies discovered, he has a chance to investigate the kidnappings all over again. And the deeper he probes, the more one thing becomes clear. It wasn't just the bodies that were buried, it was the truth.
1: That is buried prey. That's Okay, so that's that again. That is book twenty-one in a twenty book series from wow. nineteen eighty-nine. Mm-hmm. So that's almost a book a year as well.
0: Wow, that's something.
1: And like uh, like our previous dude, this guy's got other dudes as well. Uh, <laughs> other series, pray the pray series is is twenty-one books long. The kids series is four books long. Virgil Flowers, I, that sounds familiar. Virgil Flowers, uh, that series is five books long. Oh, that's the one I've got. <coughs> oh, I was confusing John Sanford and uh, and the previous dude. Oh, Stuart Woods. Uh, well, Stuart mm-hmm. Woods. Yeah, because uh,
0: his I, are short enough not to ever be abridged. I would think.
1: Yeah, I've got a I've got a Virgil Flowers in the stack to be listened to.
0: I got you. Cool. Okay. Uh,
1: I think it's Bad Blood.
0: I right. Think that's it. Yeah, you know, we should mention here that next week's podcast uh, we're going to be talking about a Donald Westlake, mm-hmm. uh, three sixty one, the same kind of genre we're talking about here. And I've started yeah, it and very enjoyable so far.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh I have read it before, so mm-hmm. um I should be reminding myself uh, about it's it's sort of a revenge novel, I think. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I, I think I think see Westlake. I don't think he ever or very rarely does he do murder mysteries. Uh-huh. He, he's sort of really his own genre. Ah.
2: Um, okay. there,
1: there are often a murder involved, but it's usually like getting out, out from under, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the suspicion for it. And solving the murder is not really the focus of what he does. But um, certainly he can do very dark and grim.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm a well, uh, one CD in. Out of okay. 10 Yep Okay um, This last one that I have It's called Port Mortuary By Patricia Cornwell Read oh, yeah. by Kate Burton um, This is one of uh, my wife's favorite uh, Mystery writers um, This is the 18th Scarpetta novel it says that right here So Let's see Port Mortuary The title of Patricia Cornwell's Dazzling fast-paced 18th Scarpetta novel Is literally A port for the dead and the deaths are mounting as a treacherous path from Scarpetta's past merges with the high-tech highway on which she now finds herself. At the beginning of her professional career when she accepted a scholarship from the Air Force to pay off her medical school debt, Scarpetta found herself ensnared in a gruesome case of what seemed to be a vicious, racially motivated hate crimes against two Americans in South Africa. Now more than 20 years and many career successes later, her secret military ties have drawn her to Dover Air Force Base, where she has been immersed in a training fellowship to master the art of CT-assisted virtual autopsy, a procedure the White House has mandated that she introduced to the private sector. And then uh, it goes on from there.
1: There's a an entire fictional uh, autobiography on... Um, Scarpetta? On, on Scarpetta on Wikipedia.
0: Oh, wow. Or How biography.
1: Biography, hmm. yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, eighteen books into a series. Not the. I guess the difference there is this is a forensic series. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, more. Uh, met, well, who's the other? There's a another one who does that. That they uh, made Kathy Wright. Kathy Rikes. Yeah, Kathy Rikes, That's right. Yep. Um, Bones. A, the Bones, TV show Bones. Yeah, TV as show as out well. of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep Interesting. Yep.
0: Very, and that's all I've got here. Okay. So that's all the hard copies we've come in to date. Um, yeah, and I want really wanted to talk about, there's two titles especially uh, that have been released on Audible from Hatchet Audio. H- Hachette. Hachette. Hatchet. Okay. Hachette. <laughs> Hachette Audio.
2: Okay. Not
0: Hatchet. Hatchet, <laughs> a hatchet Audio from Hatchet Audio. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I'd
1: like place an order, please.
0: <laughs> Consider Phlebas by Ian M Banks narrated by Peter Kenny, um, which is the first culture novel is now available on audio out at Audible. Um, very exciting. I read that one and loved on. it.
1: Okay. Uh, what's that? Don't the culture novels all stand alone? Well,
0: I've only read the one. I've read Consider okay. Phlebas, and that's it. And I loved it, and I can't wait to continue. And the second one that was released was The Player of Games, and it is also available there. But I, may, I read The Consider Phlebas in print because you know the audio didn't exist then, and um, I might give this a listen because I liked it that much. And there's so much going on in, in that book that uh, uh, a listen would be welcome. Because you know, well, I'm sure there's um, stuff I missed.
1: I, I'm woefully ignorant. I don't think I've mm-hmm. read any EM Banks.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm um, not I'm not sure how to describe it. They're you know, people call it space opera and you know it's not it's not like that to me at all. in this one, you know, uh the memories that I have of it of it's just kinda like a... Uh, I mean, there's just so much going on that it's, you know, like in Star Wars when they're on the Coruscant in one of the later Star Wars movies and it's just busy, kind of like Blade Runner busy Mm -hmm. things going on and there's, I don't know, that's not even a fair description. (laughs) There's just a lot going on. There's just a lot going on. Extremely detailed, a lot of strange stuff, um... But, it's a uh, book you have to read. You can't describe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I'm just sitting here. I'm floundering because, for one thing, my memory is not clear enough, um, and the second thing is, uh, it, it was just, it was strange, and interesting, um, which, you know, is rare. <laughs> it's usually strange or interesting or neither, <laughs> but uh, this is both. <laughs> so.
1: Uh, is there a hard copy, or is it only uh, we? You spotted that I, on Audible. Yeah, right? I
0: spotted it on Audible. I don't know if there's a hard copy. Um, I oh, didn't look into like it, better. but I was just excited to see it there. So, um, but thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. So that. And hopefully, up
0: I'll, I'll have more to week. say. I, I will. I should give it a listen so I can clearly write a review. Um. Now another one that's uh, been put out there that uh, jumps out at me is from Recorded Books. Um, Glass House by Charles Stross, uh, narrated by Kevin R. Free.
1: All the Charles Stross books that I was complaining weren't available as audiobooks are now mm-hmm. becoming audiobooks. Yeah, they're
0: all coming out from... If they haven't books. already. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And then um, Hammer Slammers series. Whole what bu- week
1: are we on? I'm just looking at this Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't
0: know how to tell what week we're on when you're looking. You, oh. you said go to week. I just kind of go in the past. I look at... Uh, I just click on uh, sort by release date.
1: Okay. I went to new releases um, under most popular, new releases, mm-hmm. and then sort by science fiction and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then it comes up with this week, last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then all. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. the first one on this week under that is Consider consider Flemas. I see.
0: Gotcha. Okay, how about this okay. one? How about this one? It should also be on this week. Uh-huh. It's Hard Magic, book one of the Grim Noir Chronicles by Larry Correa, narrated by Bronson Pinchot. Looks like a cover. a cross between, a I don't know, a gangster? Gangsters and magic? <laughs>
1: it's an Audible Frontiers so that means uh, Bronson Pinchot is no longer exclusively working for Blackstone (laughs) yeah he's he's, a busy guy he's he's recording up a storm man
0: Mm -hmm. and I love it yeah keep it coming
1: Jake Sullivan is a licensed private eye with a seriously hard-boiled attitude he also possesses raw magic talent and the ability to make objects in his vicinity uh, light as a feather or as heavy as depleted uranium all with a Magical thought. It's no wonder the G-Man turned to Jake when he needs someone to go after a suspected killer who's been knocking off banks in a magic-enhanced crime spree. Problems arise when Jake discovers the bad girl behind the robberies is an old friend, and he happens to know her magic is just as powerful as his. And the feds have plunged Jake into a secret battle between the cartels of magic users, Hmm. a cartel whose ruthless leaders have decided that Jake is far too dangerous to live. Yeah, Uh, sounds like everybody knows about magic in this universe.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Now he Uh, wrote. He wrote a couple of books. uh, One of them is called Monster Hunter, and I think that's kind of what he's known for right now. And it is available here too. Yeah, also from Audible Frontiers, Monster Hunter International, Monster Hunter Vendetta. Um, Those look like fun books. Let me see if I can find the original, the first volume. I think there's three of them. Well, those are the only two that are out there. So, I think Monster Hunter International is the first one, if I'm right. And then, um, let's see what it says here. Um, Let's see. Uh, Five days after Owen... This is for Monster Hunter International, also available from Audible Frontiers. Five days after Owen Zastava Pitt pushed his insufferable boss out of a 14th story window... He woke up in a hospital with a scarred face, an unbelievable memory, and a job offer. Turns out that monsters are real. And all the things from myth, legend, and B-movies are out there waiting in the shadows. Officially secret, some of them are evil, some of are just hungry. On the other side are the people who kill monsters for a living. Monster Hunter International is the premier eradication company in the business. And now Owen is their newest recruit. That's it. It says it's a sweet gig except for one little problem. An ancient entity known as the Cursed One has returned to settle a centuries-old vendetta. So, fun book, I I imagine. It's got really nice ratings, too. 72 ratings on Monster Hunter International, and it's got 4.51. That's pretty high. That's pretty darn high, yeah. Um,
1: I'm looking at... uh the one right under Hard Magic on that first week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one I just posted ah, about Yeah, uh, Second Variety and other stories by Philip K. Dick.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's by William Kuhn. He's the guy who did uh, our reading of The Most Dangerous Game from a couple weeks ago. Great, yep. And um, that's that collection, I don't know if it's... Let's see, does it say what's in it in the... Uh, the, the problem with collections, they sometimes don't say what's... Yeah, it does say, okay, it lists it. A little hard to spot, but the um, stories included in that collection include Second Variety, which is um, the basis of uh, one of the worst movies of the Philip Philokadic movie series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good story in itself, very surprising, who's human, What's what's not human, war, and and uh, The Dangers of uh, Unrestricted Weapons Development. Um, Beyond Lies the Web, which is his first published story, Mm. and one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Eyes Have It, which is a very, very, very short story, which is very clever. Uh, Piper in the Woods, which I'm not super familiar with, and The Variable Man, that one I am familiar with, and it's not the greatest Philip K. Dick story, but not being the greatest Philip K Dick story makes it better than about ninety nine percent of <laughs> other uh yep. for stories out there. Um it's a bit long for I think the material. Um but it's it's interesting. That one's about a guy who is scooped up in a in a time scoop accidentally and brought to the future where uh Earth is trying to develop enough technology to fight a war against uh an empire that surrounds it, mm-hmm. and that they're all they're all working. You know, the whole Earth is basically working to improve their technology and their their weapons development enough so that they can they can um, escape from the trap that they're surrounded. You know, their solar Earth's solar system is surrounded by these aliens, and um, they've got a computer that tells them what their odds of winning the war are. And until they're better than fifty percent, they don't want to start the war mm-hmm. uh, and they they're all all things are going really well, but then um suddenly the time scoop brings in this this person, the variable man, and suddenly the the calculations are uh, swing wildly up and down, like they can't calculate what the effect that this guy has had on. On their world taking it perhaps taking them out of the 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 past will have on their world and um, it's 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 got a couple of good things going for it it 's got a couple of weak things going for it but it's it's sort of a different kind of time travel in that it's it's someone from the past going to the future, and the people in the future want to get rid of the guy from the past hmm so Very nice. That's uh, that that should be a good listen. Uh, you know, he's a really good narrator, and he's getting a lot of work these days. He's yeah. got Buffleto Destiny just came out. That's the
0: uh, oh yeah, yeah.
1: the book that Julie's going to review, I think.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
1: And um, he's got a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff just went into the the Audible store. Oh, great! Good, including, including mm-hmm. this,
0: including that. Yep. Well, good. Um. See, just looking through uh, another one from. Oh, well, yeah, it's Glass a few.
1: Week two, by the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, Hammer Slammers series by David Drake. There's a few novels out uh, there. Um, uh, read by Stefan Rudnicki.
1: Okay. So counting the, the Costs. P- yeah,
0: Paying the Piper. And I've heard of those, never read them. They're uh, Military SF. Military SF. Yep. Uh, read by Stefan
1: Rudnicki. And that's uh, Audible Frontiers as well. Mm-hmm. At any price and rolling hot. So is that is that is that like two um, two books in one, or is that just the titles always have an and in the I, middle?
0: Yeah, I really don't know.
1: Hmm.
0: It looks like it'd be two books.
1: It's another release of the collected stories of Arthur C. Clarke, uh, volume five. Oh really? Yep. On. On this uh, last week, under glass house and the president's vampire. All right, and, and another book read by Bronson Pinchot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, so that's for Penguin. Uh huh. Interesting. He's ju- he's he, maybe he's working for everybody and just um just happens to do a lot more Blackstone. Hm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's true.
1: mm Hmm. So um, then paying the pi- paying the pi- okay so yeah not all of them the sharp end paying the piper they must have just released the whole series then all of those hammer slammer series yeah
0: there's a bunch of them here yep
1: and then I saw um out Al- the alchemy of desire uh, Krista McHugh have you heard of her
0: uh no I haven't.
1: Uh, I've heard of her. I've not read. The Alchemy of Desire. That's a Carina Press. That's got to be a small company. Mm-hmm. After winning the Civil War against Confederate wielders, the Union machinists have outlawed magic to usher in a new age of steam-powered technology. Dia, an alchemist and the only non-wielder in his family, owes his brother for saving his life in the war. So, when Cager is blackmailed into procuring magic, uh, the magical hide of the White Buffalo... The accompanies him to the Dakota Territory. It's um, it's an interesting. Uh, it's sort of a steampunk US US uh, history book. Mm-hmm. Steampunk is usually set in Europe, isn't it? Or I don't know.
0: Boy, yeah, you
2: or got the me on alternate that.
1: world. Alternate mm-hmm. world, maybe. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I, I think this, this Krista you I've heard of her, but I have not read any.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about there?
1: Um, I'm just looking. There's a book that looks like There's
0: one that you wanted to talk about by Martinez.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Automatic looking,
0: uh, detective.
1: Yeah, but uh, this is very strange. I'm Ah, okay. This is The Road. Aha. Uh-huh. It's a translation of The Road into a foreign language, which I can't even read. Vietone. Hmm. Uh, I only reason I thought it was the Road is because it has the Road movie cover on it. Uh-huh. It's called Bejen, B E J E N. Hmm. Uh, Cormac McCarthy's the author, and it's like, what? I'm not a new Cormac McCarthy book that's science fiction? Hmm. hmm. Yeah, um, you're,
0: you're seeing different things than I do because oh, that Arthur C. Clarke release is not showing up on mine. And oh. also, I don't see anything like what you're describing.
1: Well, let me send you this link and see what you think. Okay. Maybe it, maybe it will work, maybe I'm it will not. I'm wondering if
0: it's a Canada-United States dealio.
1: Could be. Let's see. But um, is it, we're both using audible.com. Um, yeah, it does come but up. there may be a region.
0: <clears throat> it does come up, and I click a region on thing. Region. Yeah. No, it comes There's up just fine.
1: Ben Bova book.
0: It says this audio book is in Danish.
1: Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Oh, it says it's in Danish. I didn't even see that. Okay, so um on that list there is the stress of her regard. Though, uh-huh. you mentioned that. Yeah. It's a cool Ten looking powers. cover on that.
0: Yeah, very nice.
1: Um and the broken sword, which I, I hope I hope Blackstone will send us a copy of because that uh has strong potential, I think. hmm Potential for being awesome. Um Orion and the King by Ben Boba. Have you have you heard of this?
0: I've heard of not the Orion series. I haven't read any of them, um, but I did notice that and it looks like Orion is some kind of a time traveling
1: person yeah, and uh you know, I think of Ben Bova I think of space not uh not not a uh, time travel mm-hmm Let's see. well, there's one more week three weeks ago, and that was um the one with the automatic detective um yeah so Aileen Martinez I saw this book uh, a few years ago I think maybe on SF site I saw the cover and I thought that is a cool cover Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's got like a robot in you know his office uh I think it's a robot A robot detective is in his office and out the window there's you know flying cars uh behind the blinds and and there's also like a femme fatale uh you know in front of him at his desk, and i thought oh that that's uh, a nice mashup of you know the uh the old p i and uh, robot together it says uh, even in Empire City, a town where weird science is the hope of tomorrow, it's hard to find a ro- it's hard for a robot to make his way It's even harder for a robot named Mac Megaton." A hulking machine designed to bring mankind to its knees. But Mac's not interested in world domination. He's just a bot trying to get by. Trying to demonstrate that he's just an automated smashing machine. Oh, that he isn't just an automated smashing machine. And to earn his citizenship in the process. It should be as easy as crushing a tank for Mac. But some bots just can't catch a break. When Mac's neighbors are kidnapped, Mac sets off on a journey through the dark alleys and gleaming skyscrapers of Empire City. Along the way... He runs afoul of a talking gorilla, a brainy dame, a mutant lowlife, a green, green mob, a little green bo- mob boss, and a secret conspiracy at the heart of the empire's founders. Not to mention more trouble than he bargained for. What started out as an as one what started out as one missing family becomes a battle for the future of the empire and every citizen that calls her home. Huh. Uh, and. Uh, There's a Publisher's Weekly review here. It says, Martinez tickles the funny bone in this delightful fast-paced mishmash of SF and hard-boiled detective story. Eccentric characters, all of whom are clever twists on stereotypes, populate a smart, rocket-fast read with a clever, twisty plot that comes to a satisfying conclusion. That sounds good. Satisfying (laughs) conclusion, clever, twisty, fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's an Audible Frontiers release, so Okay. I think that is going to be high on my list of two listens um, cool. and the reviews are in so far there have been three reviews um, there's been a few more ratings, but all three reviews have given it five stars wonderful wow. narration good author fun nostalgic um, so Fantastic. I, I, think, I think there's there's some um, uh I think you have to have an audible account to do audible reviews as opposed to amazon
2: mm-hmm. i
1: don't maybe, maybe you do maybe you do on Amazon as well, but it just seems to me like um when people do a review on audible it tends to um tends to be of of the audiobook and not i don 't know oh, the book jacket
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean sure.
1: I, I do like the reviews on Audible they, they they there aren't as many. There's a lot more ratings and mm-hmm. they tend to be a little more interesting. Um so that that was the one that drew me in on that week. And uh yeah. There's others from Aileen Martinez. I've not read any. I don't even know if Aileen Martinez is male or female. Um Monster a novel, that's uh read by Eric Michael Summerer, that's also available. And uh, Divine Misfortune by Fred Berman, read by Fred Berman. And oh, Stainless Steel Rat, Book 8. Huh. I've got to catch up on some stainless steel. Rat. <laughs> the stainless Steel Rat sings the blues. Oh, mm-hmm. there's another, uh, Aileen Martinez. Too many c- corpses? Oh, curses. Too many curses. Okay. Graham Hancock entangled with a ooh interesting this is an interesting looking book um, read by okay narrated by Christina Ham or hiam hivam H-V-A-M. I don't know how to pronounce that and Graham Hancock Graham Hancock does the introduction um, hmm Graham Hancock has spent decades researching and writing some of the most ambitious and successful nonfiction investigations into ancient civilization and wisdom all. Entangled uses all of Hancock's skill and knowledge to propel a fantasy adventure like nothing else preceding it. This is a time-slip novel alternating between present-day California, Brazil, and prehistoric Spain, with two female teenage protagonists who must come together to avert an incredibly bloodthirsty takeover of the human race. Hmm. hmm. I'm a bit worried about the, uh, the uh, paranormal... Uh, ancient astronaut aspect, uh-huh. but mm. I think I can live with it. So uh, I was asking you earlier; you didn't get to go to free comic book day because there's no. No, comic
0: no, no! Free comic books for me. Free comic book <laughs> department. No. Yeah.
1: Well, I went to the library and I picked up some some free comics.
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs>
1: I got um, I got Criminal. Mm-hmm. Which A series uh, by Ed Ed Baker and Sean Phillips. um, Sort of a noir series, I think. And I got book four, but apparently they're all standalone. So Mm -hmm. um, it's called Bad Night instead of Good Night. It's about a cartoonist who who gets involved with some criminals. And uh, I think things are going to end very badly for him. I'm about halfway through. He's he's really not doing a very good job of deciding what a good... Good idea would be to uh, you know get out get out from under. And I also started reading um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume Two.
2: Mm, yep.
1: Um, I read the the first the first book I read I I purchased uh, a few years ago, and I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours researching all the stuff that was in that book. And I'm not even close to being a third of the way through researching that. Um, this one. Uh, you know, it takes the, the bunch of characters that were assembled in the first uh group, which is Mina Harker, who is uh she's the victim in in the Dracula book. Um uh Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. The oh wait, Richard Burton's a real person. Who's who's the um who's the oh uh, Alan Quartermain, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm mixing those two guys up. <laughs> One's fictional, one's non-fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Quatermain, um, Captain Nemo, um, the Invisible Man from *The Invisible Man*, and uh, uh, Mister Hyde from *Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde*. They're the, the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and uh, in the second volume, they are. It looks like they're defending the Earth from from the uh, aliens' invasion from Mars, which is obviously the War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. And uh it's um it's really interesting. They they Alan Moore is like just based on this, he's read everything and he knows everything about all of those old nineteenth century books. I, I think I know I know a lot, but I'm I know there's tons of references I'm not getting at all. Mm-hmm as uh, you know somebody's casually mentioned I said that's got to be a book I look it up yep it's a book every once in a while oh I've spotted one I know that one that's that's from uh Mr. Cave that's from uh the crystal egg an HG Wells story and <laughs> it's jam packed with stuff it's amazing that's cool yeah I'm really impressed mm-hmm. now in the free that I don't have to return department I also picked up um uh, Bongo Comics free for all 2011 that's the Simpsons Simpsons comic book series uh-huh. and they're always good I I'm only allowed to take four when you go to free comic book day at my store they only let you take four free comics
2: mm-hmm.
1: only four free comics you can <laughs> only walk into the store and take four things out for free but <laughs> um, mm. I got that one I'm gonna enjoy that a new series called Baltimore um, which is described as supernatural horror as at its finest. And that's got Mike McNola as the uh, artist. He's the guy who did the Hellboy uh, comic. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, Love those very movies. Movie.
1: Yeah. Um, but also, he he did a Fafford and the Gray Mauser series.
0: Oh, cool. Uh,
1: years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing looking. Very, you know, I think it's the definitive version. Uh, the audiobook, for some reason, doesn't work as well as the visual version of... Uh, of that uh and or nor the text version as far as i'm concerned so um that's that's exciting i got um another one called civil war adventure which is a new i think it's a new comic book series about uh the civil war american civil war obviously and it's it's a black and white but it's um it looks very promising. I like I like the idea of a history comic book, you know.
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah,
1: because uh, I'm not much into um, to superheroes, and um, this this looks very promising. Black and white. It's from History Graphics Press. The art is just gorgeous. So that's a very promising title. I, I was cool. a little bit hesitant to get it because I'm not you know I'm not an American. I don't really care about the the Civil War at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll
1: loom large in my History or my mythology or anything like that. However, yep. I do like history, and based on that, it's good. But I think the the one I had to get, absolutely one hundred percent, is this um, one that Blair Butler's always talking about on on her uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and that's um, Lock and Key, which ah. is uh, by Joe Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, they get, they put out a giant sized action issue, and the art is gorgeous inside. But apparently, it's got a story, a storyline. Uh, the whole series, Lock and Key, has got a, a storyline that that people are really enjoying. It says uh-huh. um, on the inside, it says, "Lock and Key: What what it is, what it isn't, what it will be, what you need to know, and what I can't tell you." Huh. What it's Lock and Key is about the unlikely house full of impossible keys. One key opens the door to death, walks through, and you're t- you turn into a ghost. Another key can unlock your head, so that learning a new skill is easy, as dropping a dropping a book in, and so on. Three children have moved into this house, Keystone, uh, sorry, Key House, and have become its defenders. Another person, a demonic young man named Do- Dodge, is determined to find the most powerful key of all, and to use it to unlock the black door. yeah. You know that won't be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. As you you're talking about that, I looked it up on Wikipedia. And it mm-hmm. says that Fox has green-lighted a pilot. And uh, it says uh, here... Shortly. Let's see. It's scheduled to be filmed in February 2011. The pilot began shooting in Pittsburgh. Uh, Fox will make a decision in May about adding the series to the network's late 2001 schedule. So, yeah. So, they continue to mine the graphic novel area so one stories
1: yeah it's one area they they can get ideas that
0: uh-huh
1: are good um i think uh, i think you would actually like this series well it
0: just, sounds like something that i would really yeah, like yeah
1: I, I think you are uh, that and
0: the league of extraordinary gentlemen are both things that you know i as you talk about them i think yeah i probably like that
1: well you probably you can probably find the league of extraordinary gentlemen at your library mm-hmm. um I think I think uh and if not, I've got a copy uh of the first one I can send down to you.
2: Okay.
1: I also while while I went to my comic book store to get my free comics, I always feel bad about taking walking into a store and taking things and then not paying anything that
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it yeah. somehow makes me feel bad, so I ended up buying a couple of more comics, of course.
0: <laughs> What'd you get?
1: Uh, I got uh one called DMZ or DMZ. Mm. Uh I think it's d m z because it's set in the united states very very interesting sounding premise and it just uh the collections of graphic novels went up to uh, book ten I saw it had just come out so this is a uh the the first one and it was it was very cheap it was only uh eleven ninety nine for the first volume, which is very cheap for comics
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um it's interesting uh, welcome to America's second civil war. With overseas wars bogging down the army and national guard, uh, the US government oh bogging down the army and national guard, the US government mistakenly neglects the very real threat of anti-establishment militias scattered across the United States. Like a sleeping giant, middle America rises up and violently pushes its way uh, out to the shining seas, sparking a second American Civil War coming to a standstill at the a line in the stand Manhattan. Or as the world now knows it, the DMZ. <laughs>
2: DMZ. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, so, uh, it's like a war comic, Civil War comic, except modern, and with modern weapons and modern everything. But the, the quotes on it are really good. Um, gut-wrenchingly portrays the chaotic reality in life in the war zones, according to the Washington Post. Um Wizard says, looking for the next Fables, which uh, another series I should probably check out, or Why the Last Man, look no farther than DMZ. Huh.
0: How about reflect,
1: that? Reflects the anxieties of many living in the world today. Continues the kind of mature storytelling Vertigo DC thrives on. So, yeah, it's, it's looking very, very promising. And apparently the art is gorgeous. I said, uh-huh. well, I haven't looked inside. Is, is this any good? And the guy said, it's awesome.
2: <laughs> very cool.
1: At the comic mm-hmm. book store, it's awesome. I said, "What wow, is it black and white? And he says, it's color, and it's awesome. <laughs> 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 I said, okay, I guess I'll buy this one. Oh, that's cool. And then uh, last, I got uh, the next boys series, uh, the boys, which is Garth Ennis' uh, – one of Garth Ennis's series. It's uh, interesting. It's called Highland Laddie, uh-huh. uh, which is, the, I guess, the Scottish main character. Um I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I kept buying this comic, other than it's written by Garth Ennis, because uh, it's about superheroes mostly, and I'm not a big superheroes guy. But mm-hmm. but it's written by Garth Ennis, so mm-hmm. I not <laughs> So what are you
0: gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he,
1: he writes good. I guess
0: well, that's cool. Well, good. Yeah. Yep.
1: So next week, three sixty one. Three
0: sixty one by Donald Westlake. Looking forward to it.
1: Sixty-one stand for? I can't even remember.
0: Um, it, it mentions it at the beginning, and I, I forget exactly too. It's a definition or something. Let's see. Let's see if it even comes up. Hmm. Uh huh. Let's see.
1: It's a it's a hard case crime book. Yeah. Mm hmm. And. Um, it is. I don't know what uh, an early example of his grim and gritty side has been reissued but by what is rapidly becoming the indispensable hard case crime.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, at the very beginning of the book, I forget the exact definition, but it, it said what 361 means at the beginning of the audio book.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, we. Uh, I talked to, um, or maybe it was we talked to, somebody talked to uh, um, Charles Ardai from... Uh-huh from Hardcase uh, Crime, and he was hinting at at the uh, the new Westlake novel. Because Westlake's been dead for a couple of years now. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and he keeps finding new new novels. You Did you guys do memory? No, you haven't done No, memory?
0: no, no. I, I have the book, but I haven't read it yet.
1: Okay. I'm looking I'll, I'd it. read
0: it before we, we do it.
1: Okay. So uh, one of the ones he was hinting at, uh, he didn't give us the title for it. It's called The Comedy is Finished. And um, it's a uh, a novel that he wrote in the early '80s or late 1970s, mm-hmm. and he didn't release because it was very similar to a movie that came out called The King of Comedy, in oh. that it, it was similar in that it was um, about a comedian who's in a very dramatic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm thinking that that might be super super awesome as well cause, I really like. I I think I like Westlake's standalone books the best. He he wrote a lot of series. Three sixty one is a standalone. You, you you don't know what you're gonna get, right? And you don't uh-huh. know, you don't know how anything is gonna turn out. But that one looked very promising.
0: Hmm. Well, cool. Sounds great.
1: Coming in the fall, I do believe. Uh, February twenty twelve. So oh, next year.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just yeah. planning ahead here.
0: Right. Right. Um, <laughs>
1: It's the Lawrence Block uh, new one that's coming in the fall. Okay. Uh, Getting off.
0: Getting off. A lot of
1: nudity on the new covers. A lot of nudity. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, interesting. There's a quote from James M. Cain about Lawrence Block saying, "Uh, the tension mounts and oh, the suspense mounts and mounts and mounts, very superior. It's interesting. Yeah. David Morrell, he's the guy who wrote, uh, uh, he wrote uh, First Blood, mm-hmm. uh, that, that book that became a movie. Um, he said, Lawrence Block is addictive. Make room on your bookshelf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: right. It's true. Yeah. And there's some nice ones from Stephen King here. There's only one writer of mystery and detective fiction who comes close to replacing the irreplaceable John D. McDonald. That is Lawrence Block. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see some uh, John D. McDonald at some point.
0: Sounds good. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.